Finally, one manufacturer was like, Vicky, I think you're really onto something here. I would love to connect you with my pattern maker and let's get going with this very first style of jeans. And it's interesting because it took six months, which if anyone's in the fashion business knows, like sampling doesn't take that long. Six months to get this like perfect pair of jeans because we were literally taking notes on the best features of men's jeans and women's jeans. And there's a lot of differences. Hello and welcome to another episode of Get Carried Away. I'm very, very excited to have my two guests today. First off, this is the first time I've had a couple as a guest, so that's also doubly excited. Cherise and Vicky Pasha are the founders of Dapper Boy, and Dapper Boy is a gender-welcoming, everyday clothing line with smart, down-to-earth vibes for people of all body types. They are proud to make people feel comfortable and confident in their own skin by offering quality, stylish clothes with a unique fit. It's the very first gender-inclusive, gender-neutral clothing line I've ever seen, and it's really cute stuff. So first, we're going to talk to them about how they built this, where they got the idea, but obviously where we can shop for these really, really cool clothes. Welcome. Thank you, Carrie. That was like one of the best like intros. <laughs> Seriously. I nailed, it. I nailed that. Nailed that. It's so good. I love it. Well, thank Stoked you so to much. be here. Thank you. Just so you know, we met through Catherine Gray, and I've had a lot of guests through Catherine Gray. In fact, it should be a drinking game with how many times I mentioned Catherine totally. Gray on this podcast. So another yet another connection I met through Catherine Gray was Vicky. So Vicky, it's nice to see you again. Nice to meet you. You too. And Catherine is a mega connector, as you both know. But really, I know Amazing. before we get started into how you built it, I have to know, how did you guys meet? Mm. Oh, oh, we're getting <laughs> there. <laughs> Actually, babe, if you want to start sharing the story because I know you started with yeah. the idea of Hey Girl Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So I had this original, it's so funny because we started and continue as entrepreneurs, but I had this idea for a company called Hey Girl Hey. And I was looking for somebody with expertise in marketing. And my then girlfriend at the time knew Vicky, so had connected us and Vicky and I would meet weekly. And it was just so fun to be talking business plans with somebody that was so like-minded. And man, we just got out of there every time with like a to-do list and she was a doer and it was just so awesome. Wasn't the best relationship for me with my ex-girlfriend. And then I was like, Vicky and I had become even better friends than business partners. And then, you know, she fell in love with me and she's still. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it's so funny. We're both Leos and usually it's oh, like, fire. it's like in, in anything that we do in life, one of us has to have the spotlight and it's so cool doing Dapper Boy because we're both equally passionate. Even though she is mainly the face, like we both wake up like this morning. I was like, hey, I have to do this. And, you know, we just got right back into it because we feel so passionate about what we do. I yeah, we that. each have our roles for sure. Yeah, we uh, fell in love, you know, during that whole process of Hey Girl Hey. And, you know, of course, there was drama with the ex and all that, too. But, sure. you know, in the end, we were meant to be. And, you know, and we're here today with twin five-year-olds in a crazy life. That's mm -hmm. a, that's a great story. That's a great how I met you story. I love that. Yeah. So you're both Leos. So that means one of you oh. can be the lion and one of you can be the kitten. But you can't have two lions at the same time. Right. <laughs> we we switch off, you know, and it, we're August 4th and August 5th. 
Isn't that crazy? Yeah, we're yeah. always hung over on Vicky's birthday. So. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sit well with me ever. <laughs> oh my gosh, August Leos too. Ooh, yeah. That's a lot of fire. One of my best friends is a Leo and man, don't you dare ever come at her with like, are you sure about that? Because she will have pages of evidence of how sure she is. <laughs> Sounds like Cherise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, that's great. So you get together, you're like, okay, what, what spawned the idea for Dapper Boy? Were you, I saw that you were on your honeymoon when you first, but you know, growing up, if I would have asked you both at 10 years old, would you have said, I want to be a clothing designer? What would you have said at 10? If I asked you that? Never. Fashion was never my thing. And my friends, if you were to ask them from back home, I'm from upstate New York, if I was ever to get into fashion and I would be the last person to get into fashion. So my whole life I was presenting more feminine. You know, I had long hair up until 2010, even shopping in the women's department, feeling frumpy, unseen, you know, not confident. I hated shopping because I hated those clothes. I didn't even realize that I liked men's clothes at that point in time. Honestly, it was just what I thought I had to wear. And so, Mm. yeah. And so that's what, what my option was until, you know, fast forwarding, you know, Sharice and I started dating in 2012 the you know idea of Dapper Boy started in about 2014, late 2013. It really was because I had to wear suits every day to work. I was in management at, in casino marketing, and oh, it, wow. I didn't have to, but I was in a very professional role where all of the executives wore suits. And so I would wear, you know, 2010 is actually when I cut my hair and started, you know, dressing more masculinely in the men's department, which is a an experience in itself. You know, like socially awkward. And then, you know, realizing down the line that the fit was never right. So I bought the the first item I tried on was actually a pair of jeans from Old Navy in the men's department. And I remember thinking, yes, like this is me, you know, this is who Mm -hmm. I am. And I was so excited, even though the fit was off and I didn't even think that was a thing. I was just like, nope, I'm dressing in the men's section now and forever. So then, yeah, my wardrobe started expanding because of the professional setting and I wore suits, but those were terrible fitting. The shoulders were so broad. I had to buy two sizes bigger because I got a big booty. Yeah. Yeah. And we have hips. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. My button ups too, also larger. So that made it really ill fitting all the way around. And, you know, Sharice is a fashionista over here. So she was always pointing out, you know, how kind yeah. of terrible they looked along the way, but she was, you know, my supporter at the same time, trying to find the best fitting button up. Well, I would go shopping for Vicky. And so, you know, for me, it's easy, like right off the rack. So I couldn't relate to her. But when I started shopping for her thinking, all right, this stuff is going to work. What you've got, I'm not loving. Let's just try and button it up a little bit and come to find out it wasn't as easy as my process of finding clothes. Everything didn't work and I could see her frustration. And so when she came to me and it's like so awesome, she had a problem. She came came up with a solution. And I think that's how every beautiful business is born because it's not just Vicky that has that problem. And there's euphoria that comes with a pair of jeans that fits you well. You don't have to buy jeans. Yeah. Like buying jeans two sizes bigger, that's ridiculous. You know, that's only half of the euphoria that you should be feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it just spun out of control from there. And again, like I realized I wasn't the only one and that there were so many people like me that had the same exact problem. And that's where we, you know, came to 
to start, you know, the idea of Dapper Boy. And I think, you know, another part of this is like, not only the fit, but like the functionality of clothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like women's jeans to date, you know, don't have any pockets. It's like an inch deep. And it's like, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you, do you have jeans on today? No, <laughs> like, I'm just... recording at home. I'm in sweatpants, huh? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. See? I got my sweatpants. Yes. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. But yeah, women's jeans, for whatever reason, it shouldn't be revolutionary that pockets should be functional, but, but it is now with our brand. Also like button-up shirts, even at men's and women's button-up shirts for all different body types, there's like this little gap that happens in the chest. And so like we thought through, we think through details of like the little snaps that go behind to prevent chest gap. You know, those are the little things that we think through. And then also a huge part of this is size range. Me, even to this day, because I still try to see if times have changed and they haven't, going to a mainstream department store, mm-hmm. I am at the top of the sizes. And that's crazy. And it's, it fits everywhere in the shoulders, but I can only button it to about my chest point. I let it out like it's a style and it's not. Mm-hmm. I go to a plus size men's department and it's like absolutely ridiculous how unflattering that is in the smallest <laughs> size, the shirt is down to my knees and it's just ridiculous. So like, I literally have nowhere to fit into, you know, both literally metaphorically. So that was a really important part of our brand too, is like, size inclusivity in general as well. I think that's, you know, really, really important. And I feel like the trend is moving towards that more with more mainstream, you know, uh, sizes are expanding. We're also seeing more different types of models, uh, you know, on runways. And and that, I think that's exciting to see, but I feel like it's been a long time for this to freaking happen. But before we get into Dapper Boy and where you're at with it right now, so you had the idea you're like, I, we're going to create this clothing line. What did you do first? Did you look for competitors? Did you, were you like, let's start drawing, sketching ideas? What was like your first, like, let's do this? Yeah. The very first thing was actually suits for me because that's what I was wearing every day. And so I was like trying to find, cause I don't have a fashion background whatsoever. And I had to figure out how to find the right people to help us create this first pattern. And we actually started with like <laughs> simply ties. And then we were trying to develop this like, you know, jacket and pant. You know, we found a local seamstress to kind of help us make our first items, which is funny because in our wedding, I actually have the very first Dapper Boy bow tie along with uh, the, the bridal party people too. But yeah, but what happened was, is like, as that was happening, I was researching competitors and other brands. And I noticed that there were other kind of lesbian owned brands coming out with the same idea with suits. And so I was like, you know, I kind of want to backtrack a bit because what I really love wearing is very casual wear. (laughs) And so I remembered that very first experience at Old Navy trying on jeans and how I love jeans, but those never fit me. So that's the product we decided to start with. And we really went along with that everyday route. And Mm -hmm. our original logo actually had the bow tie in it for years. And it recently changed in 2020, you know, without that. But we always have just a little side note here in all of our jeans. There's a tiny little bow tie stitching on the very bottom cuff. And it will always be, you know, as a reminder of like our very beginning days. Oh, um, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, going back to your actual question here. It's not easy, an easy Google search to find a manufacturer. The ones that I did find, I was like calling, emailing. I never got responses or people were like hanging up being like, you have no idea what you're talking about until 
Well, I will life. say really quick, yes. we were in home offices right next door to each other. And we would yell like, how many AMs did you get? And so she wow. gave me a list and every day we were calling. This was going on for a while. I mean, we were literally cold calling and getting hung up on. But it's also because they were gatekeepers as well. Literally, when they heard about what we wanted to do, because it's so different, I many people did not want to get on board. Yeah, until finally one did thought we had a really great idea. But I think the questions were like, they just more so even with me, like knowing I didn't have that background, they started asking questions about minimums, things like that. And I had no right. idea how to answer right. any of these things. Mm-hmm. And so finally, one manufacturer was like, Vicky, I think you're really onto something here. I would love to connect you with my pattern maker and let's get going with this very first style of jeans. And it's interesting because it took six months, which if anyone's in the fashion business knows, like sampling doesn't take that long. Uh-huh. Six months to get this like perfect pair of jeans because we were literally taking notes on the best features of men's jeans and women's jeans. And there's a lot of differences, you know, in the hips, in the fabric, in the waist, in the rise, in the every oh. piece of this. In the yeah, You guys didn't take on T-shirts. No, you decided right. to take on <laughs> jeans. Jeans, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And that was our very first product to launch on Kickstarter. And so that's how we like launched the brand. And in the background, at the same exact time, we were actually working on a button up as well. It was just jeans that was like our bread and butter main product we wanted to start with. So that was in development at the same time, because those are like two products that I wore very frequently at that time. So that's how we started that process. Did you feel like, did you feel like these manufacturers that were like, uh, were discriminating against you? Do you think it was because you were like, we want to make this, I think using the term gender inclusive or do you think it's just because you were women? I think it's because it was different what we were doing. It's like when they're pattern making, there's a, there's two boxes, it's men's or women's. And when we talk about the fusion of it, it sounded more complicated. And our size chart is so different. Like we're out of what mainstream has where we're 26 all the way to 52. So they knew like the grading would be, it was just a more complex process. And so, it, you know, yeah. It could have been a variety of things though. That I guess I think as like a lesbian woman that's masculine presenting, right. you know, approaching these people, you know, cause I, I also found what was actually our most helpful visit here. I heard about this conference called Magic in Las Vegas. And that's where all like manufacturers mm-hmm. are. So anyone looking to start a fashion brand, that oh, is totally. the place to go. And so I went to the sourcing show there and yes, I got the looks for sure. So there were some that were automatically uninterested as soon as I approached, but then there were some that were gold. And so, and that we still have relationships with to this day. And yeah, Yeah. that's incredible. So it's like, it's a million no's before you hear the first yes, right? right? You know, and that's also true for any entrepreneur starting out tenacity. That's, that's, you know, if you were looking back, you know, when you were first starting in your first year, is there anything you wish somebody had told you? Would you, is there any advice you can give to anybody that's starting a clothing brand right now or trying to be a disruptor in their industry like you both are? For sure. It is connecting early and often. You know, you think that you need to prove yourself and that in the beginning phase, you need to figure it all out and show your tenacity and show all of the things that you've learned and you know, you know, need to know every aspect of your business, which you do. But along the way, there are so many people and resources out there to help you. And I encourage that because, you know, I, I found myself like 
even in the last couple of years, finally connecting with people, I thought again that I had to prove myself and, you know, make a million dollars first before going out there for people to take me seriously. But that's not the case at all. Yeah. I will say also, I think what helped us really get our idea and the ball rolling is really the power of Kickstarter. There's so much power in storytelling. So for us to be able to tell our story and to make that shareable on other people, I mean, we still have ride or die customers since Kickstarter days. And so, I mean, we didn't have any money either. I mean, I remember for our video, we had to like reach out to our wedding videographer, have a meeting with them and say, listen, this is a company that we think is going to go somewhere. Once we make money, we can pay you back. We will sign a contract. But, you know, we were like, we were, we were creatively thinking about how we could get this brand started with not a lot of money. And so it was really fun. I mean, we did our research with Kickstarter. That was definitely a scary time, but we did it. And that's a whole other process of like the sleepless nights and working 24 seven right next to each other to get this off the ground. I mean, we had deaths right next to each other. We were in a four bedroom condo and then we downsized to a one bedroom apartment. We had all our inventory in our apartment. I mean, we lived and breathed dapper boy. <laughs> Those are scrappy days. Wow. <laughs> and this, uh, this apartment, by the way, was 630 square feet. And the two of us with whatever inventory we were able to get. And it's it, just boxes. It was, <laughs> yeah. And I had to go up two flights of stairs with boxes and coming back down. And I didn't know anything about even like, this is a big one, logistics and shipping. I was grabbing all the priority boxes, spending the most I could, <laughs> not knowing, you know, like, no, <laughs> right. That's like, great advice. Don't priority ship don't everyone. Do Make it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know about shipping it. bags and I was printing on a full printer with like eight and a half by 11 paper, yeah. you know, like and cutting it out it. and like, yeah. Yeah. there's so many lessons well that's your bootstrapping right you know that's a that's a great advice get the pre-printed labels everybody (laughs) right I love that what was it like to live and be in a relationship and work together I mean that means you guys are together all the time all the time like what was that I mean I know couples that can work together really seamlessly did, and that seems to be you two. Are there times when you're like, I need a break or like, you know, and I know the kids now probably offer that, yeah. but starting out when you was just the two of you, was that, did you cha- have challenges with being a couple as well as being business partners? You know, I need to knock on wood right now because, <laughs> but, but actually no. And I think it's because we definitely knew our own roles within this company. And like, again, it was because it was kind of my problem, you know, in the first place, but Sharice has been such an, crazy support system. And in the beginning, you know, we couldn't just go on Dapper Boy full time. So Sharice is like, people don't see her as much, but she's like the backbone of this because I went full time and well, and I had some part-time, like I was doing Postmates and whatever I could to get any money possible, but she was Mm -hmm. working full time, you know, just to be able to live. And, you know, as we were starting this company, so she's, and, and then working nights with me and weekends, she's part of every decision you know, along the way here, but she's been kind of like the backbone of this. And and thankfully, <laughs> giving you props here on right now, because she never gave up. Plan B was never part of our equation. And I think that's what made us like so strong throughout these years here is like, there was never a question. We just support each other. Yeah, 
I love that, especially not having a plan B. I think if you really want to get there, you've got to just plan A and just bootstrap and ask your friends, you know, someone who needs a nice pair of jeans and just keep talking about it. I love that. That's really, really powerful. So then in your journey, you know, you got to a point where you're going to start needing funding, right? So you've got the website, you've got the videographer who made the great video. We owe him money. We probably, we've downsized, you know, where did you finally, well, I guess let's start with how did you meet Catherine Gray? How did you get involved with Show Her the Money? Yeah. So at that point, we had been in business maybe a year. So Kickstarter was done. We fulfilled those orders. We had to figure out what to do next. You know, we crowdfunded that yeah. project. So we were selling off those particular jeans and they happened quickly. We sold out of that first production fast. But I remember Catherine Gray, particularly, it was at a, a show that was put on by Nick Casey, which is another like it's a genderless footwear company company. And Nick is great. And the ultimate connector also. <laughs> but Catherine Gay ha- Gray happened to be at this event and Catherine bought a t-shirt from us. And we just, I think, connected on LinkedIn at that point. And throughout the years, we just check in with each other here and there, just like a hello, like really basic stuff. Yeah. And then in a year ago, I saw that Catherine had put out this course, Six Ways to Fund Your Business. And I was like, oh, because I see Catherine everywhere, all over LinkedIn, everywhere. And I was like, all the time. this woman yeah. is incredible. I, I got to take this course. And it was amazing. <laughs> the course was amazing. So then I reached out and I had to thank her. And then we started talking about where Dapper Boy was in the journey. And we were fundraising at that point. And she happened to be making this film, you know, show her the money. And mm-hmm. so she was, I think, captivated. And she had so much empathy for what we were going through at that point, which was, you know, the ups and downs of this business and how we almost lost it all just a year ago. And so that's how we kind of became part of this story in that film in particular. That's awesome. And just so everybody knows, I'm an associate producer. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Who's listening. Show Her the Money is a documentary film that highlights the fact that women get less than 2% of funding out there. And if you're an LGBTQ plus woman, you're probably getting even less than that. And if you're like Latina, who's also queer, you're getting even, you're getting pennies. And so this wonderful documentary highlights the stories of people who are breaking boundaries. And I'm so excited you guys were a part of it because that's how I heard about you was through, through that and everything. And then through this process, you know, when, you know, companies are starting to get funding and, and, you having to pitch yourself, you know, what, you know, your first pitch, your third pitch. I mean, how are you feeling before that, that pitching process? You know, like, did you work? Did you rehearse? Did you have a coach? Like, what did you do to get prepared for that? Yeah. So we're, we're part of the start out community and where there's a lot of, you know, LGBTQ investors and founders. And so we were connected with a mentor through there and he helped us through the process. And he's an investor also of like creating our deck. And, and where it is today and helped us morph it and what investors look for. So that kind of gave me confidence, you know, going into these, but I was still never confident enough. You know, that first meeting, I think it was actually a pitch, like a Zoom, like in front of like a panel of judges kind of pitch. <laughs> and oh, I remember geez. being so <laughs> nervous, like I couldn't even breathe, you know, nervous. And I think like there's been like, once you do it often, like it changes, obviously, you get more comfortable. But in the beginning, I have to admit here, you think that people with money, you know, investors with power, 
you get nervous and that they know more than you, you know? And so like, it was that like, after you do it often and you really believe in your mission and what you're doing here, there's a shift in like, you know, what the investors you're looking for and how important it is to have the right partner with you, not just the money. And so like, that was a crucial lesson. You know, we were so, it felt like desperate for over a year of fundraising, hearing so many no's that you just needed a check. But like along the line, along the ways here, we found these like amazing connections and really started with Catherine Gray and like meeting people that truly believe in you. And then like, if there's a shift in your confidence level, I'm like, yeah, I'm worth it. Our business is worth it. Our customers are worth it. And we need the right team and right partners to invest in us. Yeah. And luckily you're finding them. We are. And they're looking for you, you know, they're looking for you. So that's incredible. You know, clothing is very personal, right? What we put on our backs and, you know, even if you don't even care, you know, it's still, it's a very personal thing. You know, what, what kind of, you know, I guess I'm trying to say like your clients, how do you think they're feeling when they're, they get their box from you? Like, what are you providing them with this, this like feeling of inclusion? I think it's really powerful, but like when people are coming to you, what are they feeling before they get that, that box in the mail and be like, oh, I have to thanks. tell Atlas's story. So we have a customer named Atlas, amazing customer and had shared their story about how they found Dapper Boy. And during the pandemic, went through a pretty tragic breakup and it made them like reflect and look at themselves. And they realized that they actually have felt transgender their whole life. And so through that, I think that it was very jarring for them and actually told us that they found Dapper Boy on a Google search from their hospital bed after an attempted suicide. And so when I talk about this story, it still gets me because it's our, when you put the right clothes on, I I can just only imagine Atlas's journey. And like, when you realize I didn't die. And the first thing you do is I'm going to find gender neutral clothing to make me feel like present on the outside, how I feel inside is so powerful that you can provide that. And so when I hear what we're doing for people and like people so excited to get Dapper Boy and they buy every single thing that we put out there, it's like so beautiful. I mean, one thing we didn't touch on is we decided to sell our home when we almost lost everything because it's that important to us. We had to be able to invest in our company ourselves because this company is so much more than clothes. This company is like so many people in our community call it gender euphoria. Like these are gender affirming clothes. For Vicky, being a plus size person, having a company that provides clothes in her size. If we had to go to Nordstrom and every single clothing option didn't fit her, what would that do for her confidence? And look at her. She can never stop smiling when she talks about her company. (laughs) Imagine like the impact that we have on customers. Like I know what we do is huge. I'm sorry I got so emotional. It's just no, 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 that's okay. Beautiful stories every single time. Every day. Yeah. Beautiful. Every day. We're so proud of what we do. And I'm so proud of Vicky and so proud of us for pushing through. Like we've had so many notes literally from the beginning. 
and we pushed through and where I'm so glad for opportunities like this to share with other people. Like if you have a dream, if you're want to do something like it's not just a problem for you, you have to push on the hard days because people need what you are providing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for sharing that story, especially for people that are listening that might be in Texas yeah. or Florida, which is very scary there. It's scary in a lot of places, but we partnered with Equity Texas for an event a year ago. So if you're ever, you know, looking for a, you know, trans nonprofit to partner with, I've got a whole list of them. Amazing. And I mean, you could, you especially with teens, you know, and I could talk about this, this is a whole nother podcast, but I can talk about the, you know, how to intertwine a nonprofit passion with what you're doing. It's, it's, they're so symbiotic you and, you know, trans teens need a lot of support Mm -hmm. right now, a lot of support and you're giving them permission that you're telling them it's okay. Here's the clothes and you get to choose what you like. It's not one pair of pants and one shirt. And this is it, you know, you have a variety of everything on your website. That's really powerful. And that's what I was hoping I was going to get to is that you're making it okay. And it should be, I have one story I was in Madrid, Spain, and there was, and we were shopping and there was the store and the, and the translation was the clothes was the name of the store. So I went in the store and they didn't have a men's and women's sections. They had jackets, jeans, shirts. And I don't know if they intentionally did that, but I, or if it was just easier, but I remember thinking, oh, there's no men. And there was kids and adults, but everything was together. And it just made more sense to me in a store. It was very narrow and it was just like t-shirts, sweatshirts. Yes. Like, oh, it's all together. And it was just by size Mm -hmm. was the only way they had differentiated. And I'd never seen anything like that before. It is, it is kind of interesting to think about, you know, the impact that you're making right now is it feels like maybe pebbles or, you know, in the huge ocean, but eventually this could be a tidal wave and how huge, you know, companies and brands like a Nordstrom's, like a Gap could be changing their, even how they set up their store. Exactly. I mean, I think, do you feel like you have that impact in you or you just want to stay in your lane and make clothes? Like how far do you want to take this? No, it's so important for us to go mainstream. And, you know, we've been told so many times, like, no, you're niche, you know, stay in your community. (laughs) Like, what does that mean? Because we're proud to be lesbian owners, but it's not about that. Our clothes don't have a gender. There's no genitals on our right. jeans, you know, like it's just right. ridiculous. Right. So, but why we want to push to mainstream and why it's so important is to be seen, to fit into society, to normalize women that look like me, or honestly, it's anybody like it's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, feminine women that don't love the options that they have in the women's section or men with curves that don't all that have the same problem as me. I mean, we talked to mm-hmm. someone who was a professional hockey player and he's got a big booty <laughs> and he mm-hmm. shops in the women's department, straight cis male. And he was an ambassador for a very well-known retail brand. And he gets a discount code, an ambassador code. And he goes up to the register and he puts down his clothes and it's women's clothes. And there's a couple men's items. And the person said, okay, you get a discount on this, but not these for the women's clothes. And he's like, what do you mean? These are all mine. So like already to yeah. just like categorize him like that, like this is beyond me, <laughs> you know, this is, yeah. this needs to go mainstream. And I'm not talking about, cause there's also, you know, a couple more like gender neutral brands that have gotten into like target during the month of pride. 
<laughs> in, right. in the pride section. <laughs> and right. I remember being so stoked for them and going there to support. And I instantly felt red inside going into the pride yeah. section because it was like, I know people don't care, but this is my own internal. And I know people feel the same It's like, there's Vicky. And that's where her, her gay section there. Like that's, that's yeah. where she needs to chop. It's not about that. It's not about being gay, you know, the, their clothes. It's about yeah. body type. It's about, you know, style preference. And that's what we want to keep it to. I love that. I love that. It is true. Yeah. And you do see like black artists featured in February and, you know, right. for black history month. And it's like, we should be talking about these people all year round. Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. not? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're gay every month, everybody. Right. Just so everybody right. knows. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't go yeah. away. Right. <laughs> doesn't, it's not like June, you get a superpower. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not wow. like my clothes are not making me more gay. Like, oh, <laughs> darn it! Right, it's not contagious, yeah. everyone. Right. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my god! Well, you know, bigger brands like that feel like. Imagine how many freaking meetings Target had about this one space in their store. How much money was probably spent? It's so ridiculous because right. it seems. So easy to me to be like, yeah, put the clothes in the store. They'll they'll sell. Right. <laughs> they, they shop at Target, everybody. Yeah, you know, oh, you're probably going to encounter a lot of that, if uh, even more than you already have. But I think what's really encouraging is you are meeting the Catherine Grays and the Kelly Winglets of the world, and you know they are, and we're all kind of backing you and totally giving you and and brands like you a, a platform to. And shout. I think now, now is like our time. Like it, I want to be part of these conversations with these retailers because that's that that's the whole point. Like. How is this going to be? Where where could a brand like Dapper Boy go? You know, are we in the men's section, the women's section? Are we have, you know, what is this going to look like in the future? And I feel like now is just our time and we're ready to have these conversations. And if we're not ready to have these conversations, then we can definitely do it, you know, as a direct-to-consumer brand online. And there's there's a lot of technology emerging right now that we can create this like truly, you know, in-store feel, but online. Mm-hmm. And that we're also going in that direction if mainstream isn't ready. Your website is really well done too. Thank you. I do a lot of online shopping. I actually shop more online than I do in the stores now. And I don't, and I was like that pre-pandemic too, even shoes. Like I I really like to try things on in my own lighting and my own time. And the website is dapperboy.com, correct? Yeah. And that's uh, with a B-O-I. Yeah. And we're going to put all of it. B-O-I, that's right. We're going to put all this in the show notes too. So people can just click on it and shop. So tell me what's next. I did hear from your Instagram post that you were invited to be on Shark Tank. When can we expect this? Yes. So we are super stoked. (laughs) Yeah, we just made the announcement and we are going to be airing on April 14th at 8 p.m. So set your DVR. We are so excited. (laughs) Can you tell us which sharks were there or we can't, we can't know that. Yeah. I can't give any spoilers, unfortunately, but let's chat after. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. All right. So we're definitely going to put that linked in the show notes. And when this is on YouTube, we'll link the episode too. Oh, awesome. Um, Thank you. Yeah. To the, so everybody can find you in the, in the sharks on shark tank. And we're also going to link show her the money when that documentary comes out, because your story is really powerful and the impact you're making is you, you got, I'm telling you, this is just the beginning. It's going to be huge, especially among young adults. That's really 
who you need. You need like the Gen Zers to get on board because they don't stop talking on TikTok. Like (laughs) like, they're all over it and they're extremely loyal to brands that they love. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's really, really powerful. So tell us all the places we can follow you as well. Where can we follow you? Yeah. So on Instagram, we're simple Dapper Boy and Facebook, Dapper Boy Clothing, our website. And on TikTok, we're Dapper Boy Squad. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. We're getting into that. And it's just, a lot of fun. <laughs> we uh, have too much fun. Yeah, that's is. one thing I think that I didn't mention here and how we were able to just like hit people. Like it was our content. We were very lighthearted with our content. We want to just show people having fun, fitting in and feeling like us and part of our friends. So I think hopefully you'll see that when, when you're checking awesome. us out. I have to give yeah. a little bit more context there. Like, again, we didn't have a lot of money and we had to grow our following. So when we were doing these videos, yes, they were lighthearted, but we were doing stuff that was shareable and like humorous. And I think, again, aside from people that we had on Kickstarter, we had so many people just following because we had the same, our same friends turned models for our brand. They were just really invested in their personalities. So we did that forever and we gained tens and thousands of followers that way. And I just love how we really don't take our, we don't take ourselves seriously. We take our clothing seriously. Our mission. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that. From like well, and that's where the fun lies. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where the fun is. That's and that's entrepreneurship. Yeah, you know what I mean. Totally. Like that's that's kind of the ultimate goal. If you wake up and you're cranky, then mm, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably not what you need to be doing. I love that. Well, thank you so much. Before we close, um, we have to get carried away. During the pandemic, people were baking, knitting, adopting puppies. You know, doing all kinds of things. What's something that right now? And it better not be the same thing. You guys can say the same thing. (laughs) So what's something you get out, you're absolutely obsessed with, you absolutely must have, must watch, must eat. What's something? I'll start with you, Sharice. So two things. I started training for half marathons during the pandemic. I know. So weird. So I'm on my third or fourth one. I'm training for another one right now. It kind of gave me an opportunity to get away from like thinking about work and especially having twins <laughs> during that time with, and being stuck at home. And then also I just set a reading goal for myself this year. So I've been like, I I was seeing how much screen time I was doing and I was like, okay, my brain is rotting. So I set a goal and I'm still on track. I think I'm on book eight so far. What are you reading right now? I am reading this thriller called Local Woman Missing. It's so good <laughs> from page one. Is that kind of like your your jam, that genre? Because I've got a great thriller. Oh. It's called The It Girl. Oh, cool. It's, it's oh. so good. <laughs> I, I I was doing like Colleen Hoover and then I was doing... Oh, yeah. Love Coho. Yeah. Love Coho. Yeah. <laughs> no, and then I was doing some like romance stuff and I was like, okay, this is too much. And then I was doing Young Adult and now I'm on to thrillers. So it's kind of good to weave in and out of those. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I, I like a good YA, mm-hmm. not going to lie, but I do love a thriller. Like another one I read that kind of scared me to death was A Flicker in, in the Dark. Ooh. That's kind of like ghosts. Yeah. Like, if you're into like ghosts or anything. That one I had to put down. I was like, okay, I got to take it. Yeah, yeah. I just finished Daisy Jones and the Six and I was obsessed. So I, we just started watching the series. The show. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it any good compared to the book? No. 
the book is excellent. Uh, yeah. It's good. But it's, it's, good. Good. it's good. It's good. But... It's good. It's just different. It's weird when you watch it so closely from finishing. Oh, yeah. But I hate that. It's engaging yeah. awesome. for sure. Okay. Love that. What about you, Vicki? What are you obsessed with right now? Okay. I don't know if I should put this out there. I think we talked about this too, Carrie, but I love some junk reality TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I do. Vanderpump Rules. Oh, oh my God. Exactly. Yes. Yes. We're yes. so in it. We're so in it. I have a team Ariana shirt. And this weekend, I was quintessential, the workshop, and I was in Beverly Hills. So I went all by myself to, where did I go? I went to Tom. You went to Sir for dinner and then I had a drink at pump. It was awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I love so, yeah, so I think it's because my brain just needs to like melt away <laughs> sometimes and it just does it for me. But yeah, I totally watch real like definitely Vanderpump. I love 90 Day Fiance. Mm-hmm. All the franchises, <laughs> all the spin-offs. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's yeah. terrible. It's terrible. And vegan food. So we're vegan, by the way, and we can find like ah. any kind of vegan like festival, like junk food we can find we love. Yeah. Gotcha. It's kind of leaning into the lesbian stereotype. There. I, know, I, mean, I think so. <laughs> you don't have Subarus, yeah. though. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. And you don't have French French bulldogs, <laughs> no, right? No, no. <laughs> but we do have a cat. I mean, but yeah. Okay. That's hilarious. Well, I love that. I love that. Okay. Now the other side of that, and Vicki, I'll start with you this time. Something that other people are totally obsessed about that you can't even wrap your head around. I'll start. One of mine's is tomatoes. I can't stand tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes and they're on everything, but people love, you know, I'm thinking of two off the bat and separate for separate reasons. So one is because it's our kids like, like it. Coco Melon. It's like the worst <laughs> show in life. Oh my God. She hates hearing all those kids singing at like I, I love volume. my kids singing, but I when I hear them like go freaking crazy. I think yeah. that's good and relatable. <laughs> but I also think this is totally different, but everyone thinks that I'm like this butch, like uh-huh. handy, handy woman. Uh-huh. And I'm not like at all. I hate spiders, lizards, like grosses <laughs> me out. And so I don't know, like being like super butch is just not me. And maybe that's the assumption I just want to put out there. <laughs> I agree She's not that. changing your tire. No. Everyone. She's calling triple no, I'm calling, yeah. <laughs> We hire handymen for everything. Or yeah. handy people. Yeah. 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 I love that. What about you, Sharice? What's something you can't wrap your head around? Freaking camping. And I know that's not your jam either, but... <laughs> My wife and kids really like it. And that is a moment where me and Vicky have to like try not to kill each other during setup and tear down. It is awful. So if we win the lotto, my only compromise is that we have to get an RV because it's just ridiculous. You spend like what, four hours setting up camp and then you do the marshmallows and then you sink and then you have to sink in the tent. It's awful. And then you do it. You only want to stay one full day and then you got to Break down again the next day. It's awful. Oh. I agree. To me, camping is a hotel without room service. So yeah. <laughs> oh, you're doing it for love. That's true. <laughs> right. And again, I'm I not butch, so it's like funny because I'm like not doing anything like. <laughs> yeah, and it so takes us twice as long as the other people. You see yeah. other people like they're so quick. I mean, Vicky are just like. Because I think I know, and I try, and I try, but yeah. 
It's pretty funny. Where's this damn pole go? <laughs> yeah. yeah, awful. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, I'm glad we have that in common. Yeah. Reality shows and no camping. Yep, yep. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you both so much for getting carried away with me. We've learned a lot about you, all of the places and all of the things you're going to find in the show notes to follow Dapper Boy and Vicky Sharice's journey. You're going to also definitely check out Show her the money. If you love this episode, which I know that you did, please like, subscribe, forward it to your mom or somebody who might be interested in gender neutral clothing. Until then, thank you so much for you both getting carried away with me. Thank this you. Is so fun. So much fun. Thank <laughs> you so much. Seriously. Amazing. Thank you. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. bye.